Warning, this podcast may be disturbing to some listeners. Due to the graphic nature, listener discretion is advised. Welcome from wherever you are. This is The Demon Inside with your host, John Venom. If you want to review a different episode of The Demon Inside, you can find them on Spotify or Anchor. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. A new episode will come out every Monday. And now, to our show. We'll be right back after these messages from our sponsors. And welcome back to The Demon Inside. This is a police sketch of a suspect in one of the nastiest murder cases New York police have had come their way in a long time. The killer police are looking for is called the 44 caliber killer because of the weapon he has used. Robert Hager reports. In a neighborhood of the Bronx called Pelham Bay and in Forest Hills near the famous tennis club, The killer has struck six times since last summer, and five are dead. Most of them pretty young women, shot at close range on the sidewalk or in parked cars. 18-year-old Donna Loria was the first, killed last July. Then Christina Freund, 26, a secretary, killed in January. Virginia Voscarician, a 20-year-old co-ed, killed in March. And Valentina Suriani, 20, killed with her boyfriend, Alexander Esau, in April. In each case, the killer used a gun similar to this, a modern version of the old 44 caliber pistol used in the days of the Wild West. The killer has taunted authorities by writing two letters. Police are convinced the letters are real. Both were signed, Son of Sam. One was left for police. The other was sent to Jimmy Breslin, a widely read columnist for the New York Daily News. This is a photocopy of the letter sent to Breslin. Here the killer says, Mr. Breslin, sir, don't think that because you haven't heard from me for a while that I went to sleep. No, rather I am still here, like a spirit roaming the night, thirsty, hungry, seldom stopping to rest, anxious to please Sam. I love my work. Now the void has been filled. The letter was very eerie. I mean, uh, you know, then you know that he, he read something that you wrote and that somewhere out there he's reading again. What you wrote, and it's one of those crimes has been, I guess, man has been visited upon man throughout the ages. The demented killer, and you don't know how to stop him. At the end of the letter, the killer wrote, Not knowing what the future holds, I shall say farewell, and I will see you at the next job. Or should I say, you will see my handiwork at the next job. Remember, Ms. Loria, a reference to the first victim, thank you. Then, before adding some footnotes, he signed, in their blood and from the gutter, Sam's Creation 44. The New York Police Department's Dr. Harvey Schlossberg, one of the nation's better-known criminal psychologists, believes the killer has sexual inadequacies. As for the references to Sam... The way I see the, uh, uh, the relationship to Sam uh, 
as the creator, as the driving force, as the hungry that can't be satisfied, I see the gun as Sam. Uh, Sam is the weapon which becomes the substitute phallic symbol. On the envelope of the letter, the killer has drawn a sign, including the biological marks for male and female, and the letter S. The symbol only adds to the mystery of all this. So far, police say they're not even close to solving the case of the 44 caliber killer. Robert Hager, NBC News, New York. Hello, my Demon Insiders, and welcome back to The Demon Inside. Today, we're going to be talking about David Berkowitz. He's also known as the Son of Sam. So, before I get into this, let me explain who the Son of Sam is. Because this whole time that people have been talking about Sam, they've always thought it was Berkowitz's neighbor, Samuel Carr. But... So here's the problem with that, is that Sam Carr had a black Labrador retriever, and this was David Berkowitz's neighbor, and that Labrador kept David up for hours and hours and hours at, at a time, and it might have been barking, it might not have been, uh, there was no other neighbors that complained, it was just David, but David was convinced that this dog had a three thousand year old demon in it excuse me in it and that three thousand year old demon was basically tormenting uh david so in one of his interviews he came out and said that this three thousand year old demon was called sam Hain. and i remembered uh from a movie that they talked about Sam Hain. So I'm going to play you a little bit of that movie. It's kind of cool coming from Dr. Loomis, who is the doctor on Halloween 1 and 2, the original, which was also played by Donald Pleasance. So take a listen to the way he describes Sam Hain. Celtic word. Sam Hain. It means the Lord of the Dead the end of summer, the festival, In order to appease the gods, the druid priests held fire rituals. Prisoners of war, criminals, the insane, animals were burned alive in baskets. By observing the way they died, the druids believed they could see omens of the future. 2,000 years later, we've come no further. Samhain isn't evil spirits. It isn't goblins, ghosts, or witches. It's the unconscious mind. So here's a psychological view of what he was thinking Samhain was. Because, of course, back in the day, people thought that there were demons and uh, gods and things like that. And with science, basically, it started killing off these uh, deities and these demons. And that's why he's talking about it's this unconscious mind. But is that really true? 
Couldn't there actually be a demon named Samhain that people worshipped that is still around, that still makes its presence known? Because he wrote letters calling himself the son of Sam. And it wasn't Sam Carr. It was Samhain. And I'm going to go ahead and read you that letter that they were reading earlier on the newscast. And because it really opens up your eyes to what David Berkowitz was doing and his state of mind. It starts off, I am deeply hurt by your calling me a woman hater. I am not, but I am a monster. I am the son of Sam. I'm a little brat. When Father Sam gets drunk, he gets mean. He beats his family. Sometimes he ties me up to the back of the house. Other times he locks me in the garage. Sam loves to drink blood. Go out and kill, commands Father Sam. Behind our house, some rest, mostly young, raped and slaughtered, their blood drained, just bones now. Papa Sam keeps me locked in the attic. I can't get out, but I look out the attic window and watch the world go by. I feel like an outsider. I am on a different wavelength than everybody. Programmed to kill. However, to stop me, you must kill me. Attention all police. Shoot me first. Shoot to kill or else. Keep out of my way or you will die. Papa Sam is old now. He needs some blood to preserve his youth. He has had too many heart attacks. Too many heart attacks. Ugh, me. It hurts, sonny boy. I miss my pretty princess most of all. She's resting in our lady's house. But I'll see her soon. I am the monster Beelzebub, the chubby behemoth. I say goodbye and good night. Police. Let me haunt you with these words. I'll be back. I'll be back. To be interpreted as bang, 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 bang. Ugh. Yours in murder, Mr. Monster. Not knowing what the future holds, I shall say farewell, and I will see you at the next job. Or should I say you will see my handiwork at the next job. Remember, Miss Loria, thank you. In their bed and from the gutter, Sam's creation, 44. Here are some names to help you along. Forward them to the inspector for use by NCIS. The Duke of Death, the Wicked King Wicker, the 22 Disciples of Hell, John Wheaties, rapist and suffocator of young girls. P.S. J.B. Please inform all the detectives working on the slayings to remain.
We will be right back after a word from our sponsors. And welcome back to The Demon Inside. So David Berkowitz talks about before he started killing, he says that he was a child who was confronted by demons even back in the day. He even named them. It was John Huides and General Jack Cosmo. These were two demons that were filled with bloodlust. And there's been other shows where I've used the bloodlust. There's a lot of uh, cases that I've been working on that I also have this bloodlust. If you all look up Amon Presley, he's this guy that uh, I first saw on uh, the first 48. And he was talking about bloodlust. And it, the show, uh, the first 48, the episode is actually called Bloodlust. And he goes around and kills all these homeless people. And he says it was just the bloodlust that made him do it. So that's what David Berkowitz was doing. So as at a young age, he said he saw these demons and these demons kept talking to him and talking to him and talking to him until one day, as he was an older man, he decided that he wanted to get rid of them. And the only way he could get rid of them was to kill people. He first started off uh, with a knife. And on the same day, he actually stabbed two separate women who both survived. But it was enough to calm the voices in his head. David would finally get some peace from the voices in his head. As a matter of fact, the voices in his head were congratulating him on a good job that he had done. And this actually helped David with his his confidence and his well-being because now he had praises instead of these demons telling him that he was a nobody and a nothing. So how did these demons get inside of him? I'm going to let David explain that. Take a listen to this interview. Son of Sam. Uh, there's been a lot of confusion about the name. Yeah. Who was the son of Sam? Who was Sam and the son of Sam? I, at one time, had uh, gotten into Satan worship. And uh, this entity, this, this demon, that was uh, his name. And uh, I had uh, just allowed the devil. At one time, it was the foolish and stupidest thing I ever did in my life. I just let the devil take control of me. Back in 1975, 76, even before the crime started, uh, I made a pact with the devil. Did you hear voices in your mind? Is that how it came to you? Uh, After some uh, rituals and initiations and things that I went through, I I began to experience, now that I look back and see what they were, they were like hallucinations. And, uh, you know, Satan had come upon me with his power and and, uh, and, uh, they were like audio-visual things that began to change and so forth. Now, you know the background in this. So you, you, you were raised, adopted, raised in a Jewish home and family. Relatively nice environment, right? Well, uh, it was just a middle-class, loving home. Uh, 
uh, my parents had a lot of love for me. They were basically on the poor side, and uh, I was an only child. My parents tried to raise me up as best as they could. They gave me a lot of love. We lived in a small apartment in the Bronx, in the inner city, but uh, I had a lot of uh, emotional and mental problems. Even then? Yeah, even then, they couldn't control me. I was like, something came upon me, and this was just when I was a small child, and I would just go berserk. These voices were telling you to go kill people. Just kill them. What was it? Was it ritualistic? Uh, so painful. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was, this was something down the road, years of conditioning and, and grooming. It, some, I was living without hope. Uh, I had surrendered myself to, uh, to serve the devil. Uh, God, you know. David said he was serving the devil by letting the devil into him uh, when he was doing, you know, um, devil worship. And with that, allowing the demon in to take over, you heard him yourself. He also said that he was uh, mentally not right, which, of course a lot of times will allow the demons to get in easier. And so with them being in easier, it's easier to groom and to make that person become what they want. And in this case, they made David Berkowitz a dog, basically. They would send him out to go kill. You got to think about how far this went because David bought a gun in Houston and he said that when he bought this gun, he had to buy this specific gun and it was a 44 caliber bulldog. So here's something else that people haven't realized about David Berkowitz. The gun is called a bulldog. I really don't think that's a coincidence. And David believed in the fact that the movie, The Exorcist, was based on real life. He himself said several times that demons are real. The only reason he changed his story when he was in prison is because the guards kept harassing him about it. They kept taunting him about it. You know, they even tried to kill him over it. So after that happened, he changed his mind and he talked to uh, one of the FBI profilers named uh, Douglas. And he told Douglas that, you know, he was lying, that demons really didn't have anything to do with it. So for years, people just allowed David to be this uh, person that killed six people. And he killed him with that 44 caliber bulldog. Now, he would go to these cars out where they were making out and shoot into the cars. And the only reason I'm saying that is to let you know what he did. Because if you haven't seen his story, you probably need to go back and watch. Because like I said, I'm not interested in his story of his killings or who they are, I'm more interested in the demon that's inside of him. 
in letters to the NYPD police chief, David Berkowitz refers to his neighbor Samuel Carr as Sam, my lord, and Papa God, which isn't true. He's referring to his neighbor as Samuel Carr. And Sam, my lord, like I said earlier, is Sam Hain. So in his letter, he wrote this, and I quote, People need to know the demons are real. The exorcist is based on actual shit. Possession isn't just what you see on the outside. The torment inside is horrible. Demons are powerful beings. They use your own voice and thoughts against you. They make you feel crazy. They are in complete control. End quote. And then in 1979, there was a psychiatrist, David Abramson, who examined David. He noticed that the demon appearances changed from story to story. To Abramson, it was obvious that Berkowitz could control his murderous impulses. So to Abramson, there was only one explanation. And he wrote it in New York Times. And, he, and I quote, Berkowitz created his demons as an alibi, an excuse for his murders. He could then say, I didn't kill, the demons did it, thereby lessening his guilt in the world's eyes, end quote. But now here's the trouble that I have with all this, because David was sentenced to six lifetimes in prison. David will never get out of prison again. And we've talked about whether or not demons stay inside of you or leave after they go to prison. And I believe that sometimes they get out and sometimes they stay in. But David decided that he was going to go ahead and turn his life around. And he started praying the Bible and he started giving his time to God. And he believes now that God has forgiven him for all his sins. And it's very hard for people to believe that because a lot of people would rather believe that he's a demon inside and out. He'll never change and he'll always be that killer. But David has started a website called ariseandshine.org. Uh, and this Arise and Shine is basically David's church. He says he hasn't had any more feelings of demons. He hasn't had any feelings to kill anybody. He's, you know, he's repented for all his sins and he offers apologies. Now, am I saying they should let him out? No. Because he allowed this demon to get inside of him and do that. And it was called his work. Whenever he wrote to the police or to the newspapers, he wrote that I have to get my work done. And he called himself the son of Sam. So allowing him to do that means that he accepted the fact that they were going to do something evil and he allowed it to happen. 
So, yes, he should be in prison right now. But is the demon still inside of him? And is he faking it? Well, what reason would he have to fake it? He's still in prison. He's always going to be in prison. He's never going to stop being in prison because he decided to give his life to God. But that's what he chose to do. And because he chose to do it, he says that the voices have stopped. Thanks for listening to the show. We'll see you next week. Don't forget to subscribe to The Demon Inside on Spotify, Anchor, or any other podcast directory or through our website, anchor.fm backslash The Demon Inside. A new episode of The Demon Inside comes out each Monday. Let us know what you think and join the conversation on our Demon Inside Facebook page and on Instagram. We thank you for listening and hope you'll join me next Monday for a new Demon Inside. If you enjoyed this episode, tell your friends. I'm John Venom. We'll see you next time. If I don't get possessed. The Demon Inside was created and written by James Porter. It's a production of Venomous Entertainment. Theme music, Demon Inside, is on the album Conjure One by Reese Fulber. Background music was created by Lucas Key.